Yesterday, we talked about the future of the catching position and the outfielders. Today, I want to focus on the pitching staff, specifically the starters and how they did this year. Plus, Adam Wainwright speaks about his late season struggles and what he thinks caused it on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffer, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're talking iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Spotify, that's the place I usually listen to a lot of them. So uh, for those of you who are on Spotify and listen that way, kudos. I do it with you. Uh, on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. Hit that notification button. Let you know when our uh, videos are going up, when we get fresh ones out there for you. If we decide to go live at some point, which I will do eventually, uh, but uh, haven't done it just yet. I'm still a little nervous about the live stuff, but uh you can comment and interact with us. Uh, we got a great community that uh, goes back and forth and discusses things about the Cardinals on there. It's awesome. This is a show serving people just like that. Cardinal Nation, giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So the Cardinals finished the season at 93-69. and 69. And you don't win that many games without having plenty of success, not only hitting the ball, but obviously pitching. Very important. Now, if you can't get the other team out, it doesn't matter. How many home runs you hit? Just ask the Colorado Rockies, who, uh, because of where they play, can never find pitching good enough to get people out and therefore end up having disappointing seasons for the most part. More times than not, you think Colorado might be good, and then they just don't do anything, right? Uh, at the beginning of the season, I was skeptical, okay, to say the least, on what the Cardinals had accumulated as a starting rotation. And I'm going to go through these guys real quick for you. I mean, look at this list. First, you come in, and you don't really have an ace, okay? And that's because Jack Flaherty's hurt. You come in, you got Adam Wainwright. I love Adam, but come on, he's 40 years old. You never know what's going to happen at the age of 40. Miles Michaelis had hardly thrown for the team in the last two years, making just nine starts since 2020. Free agent newcomer Steven Matz coming over from the Blue Jays. You liked what he had done there, but you didn't know how things were going to turn out for him when he became a Cardinal. Had a lot of injuries over the years. Uh, Dakota Hudson, speaking of injuries, coming off Tommy John surgery in 2019, he did make it back in September of 2021, but that was it. Those were your four main starters coming into the season. I mentioned Jack Flaherty had been injured coming into the year. Remember, he was 9-2 and two the previous season, but then he had the oblique injury at the end of May and then shoulder issues after that. So we didn't know who even the fifth starter was going to be. And luckily for the Cardinals, for the whole month of April, they didn't really need one due to the amount of days off they had and the rainouts that were happening. So opening month, the team goes 11-9 with an ERA of 3.22, which was sixth best in the National League and ninth best in Major League Baseball. Wainwright and Michaelis led the way. Six starts each. Michaelis coming off of the, the injury plague seasons, as I mentioned, was really, really good. And I was one of those guys that was really down on Michaelis coming into the year because how are you going to trust him? How are you going to trust a guy who had thrown nine times, <laughs> you know, in the last two years? How, how do you do that? I even was bagging. I remember that first game, he struggled a little bit. And I was like, 
is this is what we're going to get all year, aren't we? This is going to be the Michaelis. I remember texting people about it. I'm like, this, I, I can't watch this. I can't believe they put their faith in this guy. And he ends up proving me and almost everybody else wrong. Mostly me, though, because uh, I don't remember everybody else whining about him as much as I did. But he goes one and one, his ERA 1.52, his whip 0.84 in the first month. Fantastic. Wainwright, two and three with a four ERA. Hudson, nice surprise coming off the Tommy John surgery, goes two and one with a 2.75 ERA and four starts. We're like, ooh, that's cool if he's going to be back and looking good. Uh, Matt's a bit underwhelming. Two and one ERA at 6.11. Little underwhelming is saying it lightly, I would think. Jordan Hicks had to start two games. Uh, we move on to May. The team goes 17 and 12, which would end up being their second best month of the year. It was the same cast of characters, except they had decided to move Hicks into a starting position. So in May, Adam Wainwright straightened things out. He goes three and one ERA 1.69. That's the Adam we're used to seeing. Michael is two and two ERA 3.77. You're fine with that. Hudson one and one 3.60. Matt's one one and two ERA. Not so good. 5.95. So now you're like, what the hell did we just sign? Is this really what we spent our money on? Uh Oh, Hicks goes 0-2 with a 5.95 ERA as well. Never threw more than five innings in any of his five starts. And a lot of us, and I remember when talking to Lucas about this, Lucas Smith, former host of the show, we both were like moving him to a starting role. Huge mistake. I didn't like it from the get-go. I thought it was a desperation move. He's not a starter. He's been a reliever. Why, oh, why do you think this is going to be something that works? But they wanted to see how he responded. He never looked comfortable in the role. It just it just didn't work out. You know, he would have like one good inning and then a not-so-good inning. Maybe another good inning and then another not-so-good. He looked like a relief pitcher who was trying to be a starter. The shocking stat in this month, though, are you guys ready for this one? All right, so team leader and wins in the month of, uh, what are we talking about, May? Month of May, Adam Wainwright had three, tied with, guess who? Drew Verhagen. If you had your money on Drew Verhagen as the team leader in wins in May, you are the winner of this episode of Name That Stat or whatever we want to call this thing. But Drew Verhagen also had three wins. Didn't finish the season uh, very well, but uh, had three wins in May. So then we move on to June, and the team goes 15 and 14. Your team leader and starts that month, Dakota Hudson, with six. Goes three and two with an ERA of 4.58. You're starting to see the cracks in Dakota Hudson's game. Wainwright, one and one, ERA 3.66. You're fine there. Michaelis, again, another solid month, two and two with an ERA of 2.38. Matts injures his shoulder at the end of May, was out. So uh, rookie Andre Pallante had to step in. He makes five starts. He goes one and three, but the ERA for the month, 2.97 in six appearances because I think they had a, a relief appearance for him as well. I think he had five starts that month. So that's where you're at. Uh, Jack Flaherty returns from the shoulder bursitis that had him out all season so far. Look shaky, okay? Look shaky in his three starts, not winning or losing any of them. His ERA, 5.63. We saw Matthew uh, Liberator make two starts, goes one and one. Packy Naughton, Johan Oviedo, Zach Thompson, they all make starts as well. This is the month where I think we realized that the Cardinals needed some pitching help. Okay, now you're starting to look around and go, oh, we're in trouble. We're in real trouble here. Matt's hurt. We're relying on Flaherty, who doesn't look like he's ready yet. 
And now we're just throwing dudes like Packy Naughton into starting roles. Liberatore didn't look ready yet. So injuries have taken Matts and Flaherty out going into the season. Two of your top five guys as far as how you projected the season to go. July comes up. Team's worst month. They go 11 and 13. They're only losing month of the season. They lose Flaherty again after more discomfort in his pitching shoulder. Back on the injured list. Goes on the shelf. Michaelis led the team with six starts. Goes three and three. 3.58 ERA. Still solid. Wainwright, one and three. 3.90 ERA. I'm not going to cry about the ERA, but one and three. Not happy about that. Palante makes five more starts. He goes two and one, but the ERA balloons up. 5.47. Hudson. Started cracking in the previous month, comes crashing to earth, goes 0-2 and and 4 starts, ERA 5.14. Matts, Stephen Matts, you're like, okay, this is the free agent guy, and the shoulder responds to therapy. He comes back one start against the Reds and immediately injures his knee. I was at that game, too, and he looked so good before he got hurt, and I remember watching him crumble to the grass there at Great American Ballpark, and I'm like, oh, no. Not what we needed. Not what we needed whatsoever. This was the injury that really pushed the pitching narrative for the Cardinals at the trade deadline because you started hearing about Juan Soto, and you're like, okay, that's great, but we don't have anybody pitching after Michaelis and Wainwright. We're in big trouble here. Are we sure we want to give up all these guys to go get another hitter? Is that is that really the problem? And most of us saw that, that Soto would have been a luxury. He wasn't going to fix what was wrong with this team, which was no pitching depth. That was the problem. So the team goes out. They flirt a little bit with Soto. Tell him how cute he is. They they have that whole situation in uh, the press box when they're taking on the Nationals where the, the our two GMs are together. They're chatting, and everybody's like, oh, Soto's coming. And we all got a little bit excited about that. But, again, pitching was the problem. So they fall short in the Soto sweepstakes. Padres get him. They immediately turn their attention to pitching, and they go after Jose Quintana and Chris Stratton. They got Quintana, actually, before the Soto deal with the Padres went down, and at that point, they had known they weren't going to get Juan Soto anymore, so they they had moved on. So they get Quintana from the Pirates. They get Chris Stratton, who ended up being a serviceable reliever for the team. And then the big one was Jordan Montgomery to the Yankees. Like, at the very end of the trade deadline, they ship Harrison Bader, to the Yankees, shocked everybody. Everybody's like, what? Yankees fans are like, what? Don't we need pitching? And isn't Bader hurt? <laughs> and we said the same thing. Woo, cool. We needed pitching. Isn't Bader hurt? Well, I can't believe the Yankees traded for him. Yankees are thinking down the road towards the playoffs. Cardinals are thinking like, we need somebody now. Jordan Montgomery wasn't going to make their postseason roster, at least in their eyes, for the Yankees. So uh, they trade him. And that's when the team takes off. We go to August. Montgomery shocks the world. Goes 4-0. Sparkling 1.76 ERA in five starts. Quintana 1-1. 3.38 ERA. Recent All-Star, Miles Michaelis. Has an off month. Goes 2-2 two and two in six starts. 5.75 ERA. Uh-oh. Hopefully Michaelis isn't falling off the cliff here. Wainwright, though, 2-1. Two 2.50 ERA. Dakota Hudson, eh, 1-1. One 5.76 one, ERA. But now you've got your solid four-man rotation. Wayno, Michaelis, Montgomery, Quintana. Still hope that Flaherty and Matt's return. Helsley ends up uh, tying for the team lead in wins in August with four. September, the team goes 15-11. and 11, Clinches the NL Central. They make the playoffs for the fourth straight year. Your four main guys get five starts each. Flaherty returns. He gets five starts. Quintana. Lights out, 
two and one, 0 0.89 ERA in September, October. Michaelis rebounds and goes two and three, but his ERA, 2.32. Flaherty, two and one, four ERA. But Montgomery and Wayno, they flip and have bad months. Monty goes one and three with a 4.67 ERA. Wayno, two and two, ERA of 6.38. Something's wrong there. In October, Quintana, Wainwright, Montgomery get starts out of the top five guys. Montgomery throws his final game, six innings, gets the win, looks pretty good. Quintana, three shutout innings, but Wainwright struggles. Lasting only four and two-thirds in his last start on the last home game of the year. It's rocked for six runs. We get that emotional scene of him, Albert, and Yachty walking off the mound together one last time. That was nice, but you were hoping that it would have happened with him in a winning situation. That was the only downside of that. And then that sets up the postseason. Ali goes with Quintana and Michaelis in games one and two, and for a good reason. They had the best numbers coming down the stretch. Both pitched well. Quintana was great. Michaelis steady. Helsley has his issues in game one. No offense in game two. Your season's over. On the year, Michaelis and Wayno both make 32 starts, but finish with losing records. Uh, Michael is 12 and 13 with an ERA of 3.29. Wainwright 11 and 12 with an ERA of 3.71. Your next leader in wins for starters on the season, Dakota Hudson, eight and seven, ERA 4.45 and 26 starts. Helsley had nine wins on the year out of the bullpen. Quintana and 12 starts, three and two, 2.01 ERA. Montgomery, six and three, 3.11 ERA. Matt's five and three, 5.25 ERA. Had two stints on the injured list. Flaherty goes two and one, 4.25 ERA on the injured list twice. So where does this leave the staff for next year? Michaelis, Montgomery, Mats, and Flaherty, they're all back. Quintana's a free agent, clearly loved his time in St. Louis, and I'm guessing there is mutual interest on both sides for a return to the team, but certainly not a guarantee. He's 34 years old. Maybe somebody gives him like a three-year deal at max, and that could be stretching it a little bit. And he's been durable over the years, but, you know, it's still kind of risky. He's 34 years old. Uh, you've got Liberator and uh, Hudson ready to go for a rotation spot as well. Eventually, you're going to have to figure out whether or not Liberator is the guy we hope he will be or he's not. He's about to turn 23, and he's either going to be a part of this thing or we're going to have to move him to get somebody that will be a part of this thing. Okay? Um, I know, I, like I said, 23 is young, but still, I'm in that mode where it's like, the Cardinals are in a win-now situation, you know, and um, Goldie's deal's coming to an end. Arnado's not getting any younger. I mean, you got to start making some decisions here. And if Libertor's not going to be the guy, then let's find somebody who can be. And, of course, the real wild card in all of it is Adam Wainwright, who until September and October had a record of 9-9, and his ERA was 3.15, cracking the top 10 in ERA in the National League and still finished at number 17 despite his awful September-October numbers. And I made it clear, I want him back. If he doesn't return to the Cardinals, the team's already got people who are ready to fill that spot. I mentioned him, Libertor and uh, Hudson. And eventually this offseason, we can go through some free agents. Um, I feel like it's a little premature to do that just yet because there's so many player and club options out there on guys like DeGrom and Carlos Rodon, Aaron Nola, Luis Severino, Sonny Gray, guys like that. Um are they wanting to spend money after seeing them spend money on Steven Matz and that not working out so well? Will that make them a little bit gun shy? I can say this. If Flaherty, Michaelis, Matz, Montgomery, and Wainwright are your top five going into next season, I'm okay with that. I wouldn't hate it. Would love to have Quintana back. Maybe he does come back, and Matz could be like your sixth starter slash reliever type of guy from the left side with Woodford and Hudson as your long relievers. 
out of the bullpen from the right side. Maybe they trade for someone. I don't know. Adam Wainwright did make some news today going on Twitter to discuss his dead arm issues, as it was called, uh, near the end of the season and his problems late in the year. So I'm going to tell you what he said next on Locked on Cardinals. But have you ever noticed that when you look good, you feel good? You get ready for work or a date or whatever, and you take those final glances in the mirror. You know, you're like looking around you're like, yeah, I like what I see here. You just feel more confident when you hit the door. Clothing is important, and if you need to upgrade your closet for this fall, then look no further than Roan. Now, wearing a suit and tie, that's not my normal thing, personally. (laughs) It's not something I do a lot of. But if I have a wedding or a special event, you got to make sure that if you're wearing a suit and tie or dress shirts, they got to fit just right, okay? You can't have them too baggy and blousing out. That's an ugly look. You don't want them too tight where you got to, like, suck in the whole night, and it just looks awkward. You need it to be exact, and let's be honest, the dress shirt was due for a radical reinvention, wasn't it? And Roan stepped in up to the challenge and uh, made some changes. They got Roan's commuter shirt. It's the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man, and here's why. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf, which I, you know, you got to wear a collared shirt to most of those, right? Most of the golf courses you go to, you do. It's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without the hassle. I hate ironing. (laughs) I really do. I'm not good at it. It's nice to have wrinkle-free technology. And with Roan's wrinkle release uh, technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that easy, which is fantastic. With Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether, which is an added bonus because they're expensive. The commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. So head to roan.com slash locked on. And I got a promo code here for you. Locked on. Use that promo code to save 20% off your entire order. That's locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. 20% off your entire order when you head to Roan, which is spelled R-H-O-N-E dot com slash locked on. Use code locked on. It's time to find your corner office comfort. And Roan can do that for you. Adam Wainwright takes to Twitter today and wanted to talk about his struggles at the end of the season. We just went through all the numbers uh, and uh, Adam being Adam clearly disappointed in himself and his performance at the end of the season. So here's what he had to say today on Twitter. He wrote, want to clear a few things up as I didn't pitch like I wanted to down the stretch and feel the need to explain on August 28th. I was hit in the knee by a comebacker against Atlanta without knowing it. After the game, my stride length got shorter by almost a foot. Timing was thrown. That had never been a problem for me in my past. My stride length has always been very consistent because my timing was so badly off. My front arm started to try and create power by pulling. And when that happens, you just pull yourself off target. Front side pulling, back arching, head leaning, all new things for me that weren't normal fixes. It's why I want. It's why I wasn't able to generate any power with my arm. Fortunately, we got it fixed one adjustment at a time, but the season was over. Let me say this. It's my fault. I didn't stay diligent enough with my film work to catch it immediately. It wasn't something I had struggled with before. The zip and crispness to my stuff returned as soon as we locked in on the problem. What I was attributing to dead arm was an awful delivery. The end of the season should have been way different for me. And who knows what happens if I'm sharp down the stretch. I feel terrible about it. Y'all deserved better. My team deserved better. I owed an explanation. So there you go. Go Cardinals. He did not mention anything about coming back or retiring, 
but clearly wanted to get some things that were bothering him off his chest. And I commend him for that. I, I don't want him to go out like this. And I don't think Cardinal fans do either. Like, I don't want to see it the way Mark McGuire went out. You know, he had that injury filled season in 2001. He hits 187 and 97 games. And then his final three at bats uh, against the Diamondbacks in the NLDS, he strikes out all three times. I don't want to see that. I don't want my last vision of Adam Wainwright to be him walking off with Yachty and Albert in sadness the way it was because he had a terrible game. I want more for Wayno. And I think he does too. I think it's killing him that he went out the way he did. And obviously him putting all of this out on Twitter shows that it was bothering him. So we'll wait and see what happens. Um, But I don't know, just hearing him bring that up and feeling a need to explain himself to why he wasn't very good. It makes me think he's thinking more and leaning more towards coming back than he is retiring. Because if you're done, you're done and you don't really have to say anything about it anymore. You know, something magical did happen on the state and Cardinal history. A couple of things, actually, and something really cool happened last night for a former Cardinal. You'll find out you'll find out what they are next on Lockdown Cardinals. Now, as the host of this show, I, I want the best for you as a listener, as a fan, as a human being. And when something comes across my way that I think you might enjoy, I'm going to speak up about it. And since it's October, Halloween time, basically candy everywhere time, I'm sure you're a lot like me. And if it's laying around, you're going to eat it. Okay. I have no self-control in these situations, but what if there was an alternative to those things that were just as tasty and better for you? Would you try it? That's where built built bar plus. That's where they come into play here. Okay. And if you haven't tried them yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. Indulgent cookie dough is the latest creation covered in chocolate, and they are awesome. Cookie dough puffs, they got this this chewy texture about them, real cookie dough chunks inside, and it gives you all of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of actually making it. Plus, it's healthier for you than the other garbage that's out there right now. You know, the, the, the Halloween candy is not good for you in any way, shape, or form. Built Bar. And the cookie dough puffs, that's different. Only 160 calories with a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com, snag a box for you and the family. It'll be the perfect treat for this time of year when candy is everywhere and you want to do something smarter for your body. The science behind Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So now you can eat something that not only tastes good, but it's also good for you. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, maybe while watching a scary movie or something, or just need uh, to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, the fat, the sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Give the cookie dough puffs a try. You will not regret it. Go to Built.com. You can use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Save yourself some money. Save yourself the calories, the fat, and the sugar. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 and uh, enjoy. Enjoy Built Bar in the Cookie Dough Puffs today. All right, so we're back at it today, and uh, two words. Darth Vader, baby. All right, if you're on YouTube right now, you see my uh, Darth Vader mug that I'm drinking out of today. This is in honor of the Yankees' Darth Vader, one Harrison Vader. Cool moment last night. Uh, hitting the tater for the Yankees. Now I know a lot of Cardinal fans have probably moved on and may not even watch the rest of this year's postseason. But as a baseball fan, you really should. Yesterday was a crazy day. You had the Phillies beating Atlanta. Houston coming back and walking it off against the Mariners. Huge comeback there. Good game between the Dodgers and the Padres with L.A. grabbing the lead in that series. And then the Yankees winning 4-1 to 
with a home run by Harrison Bader, tying things up in the bottom of the third, really kind of changed the momentum of that game as Cleveland had taken a lead and we're up one to nothing. And then Bader goes yard and then Garrett Cole gets his crap together, pitches good. Um, Bader's first long ball and pinstripes ever does it in the postseason. Good time to do it. Awesome moment. Matt Carpenter did not get in the game last night, but um, I'm sure we'll see him at some point. Tonight, it's Atlanta and Philly again. It was supposed to be an afternoon game, but they got delayed because of rain. Then the Padres and the Dodgers is the late game. As for the Cardinals uh, on the state, it, it was a fun day for them on a couple of occasions. First, you had a Hall of Famer Lou Brock, my uh, mom's favorite Cardinal of all time in 1967, becomes the third player in Major League history to accomplish a trio of thefts in a World Series contest. The three stolen bases during the Cardinals 7-2 victory over Boston in Game 7 gave the speedy left fielder a total of seven for the series, establishing a new fall classic mark. In 2012, Washington Nationals. You guys remember this one. The Nationals, twice within a strike of reaching the NLCS, suffer the worst collapse ever in a winner-take-all baseball postseason game when they are stunned by the Cardinals. After the team takes a 6-0 advantage in the third inning and clings to a two-run lead with two outs in the ninth, Washington's closer, Drew Storen, gives up four runs in the final frame, resulting in the eventual devastating 9-5 to loss at Nationals Park. Daniel Descalso, Pete Cosma, huge sluggers <laughs> coming through in the clutch there. That was a crazy night, too, because I remember being out with people. We were at like a bonfire that night, and after the team fell behind early, I started to spend a little more time outside with everybody else than I did inside. And then as my phone kept going off, I'm like, okay, I need to get back in here and check this out on the tube. And then to see what they did, craziness, craziness. I remember jumping up and down and uh, we were at a couple's house where they had uh, a newborn in the house. So we had to be quiet. So I'm jumping up and down, but I'm like muted. I'm like, you know, like, you know, trying to keep it all in crazy stuff, huge victory. So as I mentioned before, with uh, the collapse against the Phillies, yeah, the Cardinals have had their moments where they've come from behind, too, and that was a huge one. Uh, once again, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Hit that notification button. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time right here on Locked on Cardinals.